Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left. I'm Simon Byron. I'm Steve Curran. So, Steve, uh, I feel I got away with that. I've been down the pub quite a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure whether our listeners will be able to notice that I had had five pints of lager. And I'm quite happy talking about it now on the podcast because I'm not sure whether it's legal to broadcast drunk on mm. the radio. There it, are, do we know? We've we've raised this before, um, and I remember being told, "Yeah, you know, it's okay if you have half a glass of sherry before you go on." Uh, <laughs> you know, that's okay because that's all I ever drink—half a glass of sherry. Uh, exactly. You know what you get like if you've had more than <laughs> half a glass of sherry. Uh, I suspected something was up because you didn't text me before the show today <laughs> and and there was a big footy match on and i thought i put two and two together and thought i bet simon's wow. been to the pub he's down there trying to he's down there hoping that children are going to cry um, <laughs> so uh, i think we got away with that um uh, there was some top quality filling um so so well done on that um i was going to make quite a risky joke at one point uh, that i didn't so again um does well there need to me. be so just as we have this podcast intro to the radio show and people who listen to the radio show they don't get the podcast intro does there need to be a third tier which goes at the front of the podcast intro for you know some kind of listener the thing that we didn't talk about though was the baftas um where i was um so when i talked about the news story about baftas i was going to talk about the experience with the baftas this year uh, but we didn't do that in the show we should do that now steve did you watch it i did not i only saw uh the baftas through the lens of my social media feed which was mostly the housemark uh people getting super super excited i was really really pleased for them because i love them uh, yeah, it was really good to see them. Um, I uh, yeah, I watched their speech. Uh, it was, uh, I watched the whole thing actually on the TV, and that was good. Um, so I was on the British Game Jury this year. If you were asked to sit on British Game, Steve, what what would you be looking for? Uh, what would I be looking for? I'd be looking for British things, Simon. I wouldn't care about the quality. I'd be hundred percent how British this game is. Uh, I'd look down the list. I'd have a checklist of all the most British <laughs> things. Uh, so what are British things? They are many, many and very... I can't think of are... any good no, ones right no, now. that's true. And, that's, and yeah, I was, I was centering myself as I was thinking of them. But you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I thought we were doing. Now, we were told during the deliberations... Sorry, not during the deliberations, prior to them, that actually 
it wasn't about that. It wasn't about the most British game or the best or the best game at being British. Um, it was about the best game that was British. The truth is, if you look at the shortlist, um, and from those that I remember, uh, Alba was one of them. Now, that was a game made by us too. Um, uh, I can't remember any of the others, but, uh, but, but the one that I wanted to talk about was Fights in Tight Spaces, which to me, and I said this during the panel discussion was, if this was the game about the most British game, Fights in Tight Spaces should have won it. But it wasn't. Unfortunately, it was about the best game made in Britain, which obviously was going to be Forza Horizon 5. You put Forza Horizon 5 against anything, it's likely to win. Um, and so I felt um, I felt Fights in Tight Spaces was was hard done by that. That that would have been my vote for best British game. Uh, but sadly, it wasn't to be. I think that's it, Simon. Have you got any other things you shouldn't say that you want to say? <laughs> so many about the BAFTAs, but <laughs> that's right. Let's, let's save that. Intro. Let's save that. <laughs> let's either cut this intro or move swiftly on to this week's show, which you're about to hear now. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, where a video game radio show takes place weekly on the world's greatest radio station, Resonance. And my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Uh, I'm doing okay, thanks, Steve. I've just returned uh, from the pub. Oh, really? I have. I have returned from the pub, yeah. It's it's Sunday evening when we record. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went down to the pub to see uh, the Liverpool-Man uh, City game, or the Man City-Liverpool game, I should say, um, hoping that one of them would lose, uh, but neither did. So, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. Um, there were lots of Liverpool fans in Hitchin. Um, you know, and it was good to see people congregate for a game, but it was annoying to see children. There was one child who, who must have been, I don't know, 19, and he was very angry that they were drawing, saying, this is the worst I've ever seen them play. <laughs> and as, as a man of fit, we were just talking about football before we started uh, we were. the show, weren't we? And um, yeah, that just made me annoyed. So I, 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 I then hoped that they would lose. Uh, but they didn't. It was a draw. As Sky build it, the race for the title, race for the title remains undecided. So Simon, why were you looking forward to one of the teams losing? Why did you why did you, were you just you just wanted to glory in someone else's misery? Yeah, I mean I you know, as a fan of Queen's Park Rangers, um, who aren't in the Premier League and show very little sign of being in the Premier League anytime soon, I don't care really <laughs> who wins out of um Liverpool and Man City. Um but uh yeah, you know, all all you can hope for is someone else's disappointment, particularly when you're uh, when you've taken your children down to the pub to watch the race for the title. Uh, there was a table of I don't know five or six to- 
sorry, not toddlers, uh, seven or eight-year-olds, all in their Liverpool kit. And, I, you know, I just thought it would be funny to see you cry. <laughs> Good. But but they didn't. Uh, how have you spent your afternoon, anyway? Well, um, not watching football because my team... I mean, you talk about Queen's Park Rangers having no interest in uh, in what goes on between Manchester City and Liverpool. My team, Stockport County, currently topping the National League, but still four divisions away from uh, away from what goes on there. So, and all of that business, Simon, we got we got our five nil victory done with yesterday. So, Did you? yeah, yeah, no, nothing, um, nothing football wise. I went to the. Went to the park with my daughter this afternoon, but I made a rookie parenting mistake. Okay. I took her to a took her to a water park where there's also, (laughs) I mean, uh, sorry, a water park is misleading. Uh, Took her to a park which has a uh, sort of rockery with water to play with, not a you know fancy slide centre park style water park. Uh, Took her to a water park and it's got a it's got a little mini beach around it, you know, with. Um, sand and I took a bucket and spade but I didn't think to bring the wellies did I and of course oh, of course Steve. as soon as she saw the water she said I want to go in the water I said no we'll do that next time and then tears so um, yep that was great so you, ha- so you have seen children cry this afternoon <laughs> uh, yes much like every weekend that was uh, that was the <laughs> that was the uh that was the content of my afternoon. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good weekend though. It's been a nice weekend. Sun's out as well. Cricket season has started, so I can stop pretending to care about football. Yeah, I. Um, it is. It is certainly um, something when the weather changes. I don't know. The the mood brightens, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. Here's here's to good times being back, Steve. Consequently, because of the weather changing, I have had no opportunity to play video games at all. Have you done any better than me? I have played some video games, yes. Uh, so um, I'm not sure how long I'll be able to talk about them at the end, but I'll do my best. Uh, I, I I rattled through five or six yesterday. Wow! Uh, I can, yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. I have played uh, I've played 20 minutes of one on a Switch, but as we know about modern video games, that's barely enough time to get through the tutorial. So, But maybe it's enough time to review it. We'll find out in the reviews section. That's coming up later in the show. Uh, we'll also have a new section in a moment. Have you uh, sought out any news this week? I've got a couple of news stories. Yep, I did do that before I went to the pub. So if, <laughs> if anything's happened while I've been down the pub, um, I'm afraid that it won't be breaking on this week's show. But uh, Fantastic. Okay, and we do have some letters. I've already checked that this week as well. Great so, news. It's going to be a good show, Steve. Jam-packed show. Um, if nothing else, enabled by your visit to the pub to watch children cry. <laughs> good. Let's get on with the news, shall we? Simon, hit me with news story number one. 
from videogameschronicle.com, posted by Andy Robinson yesterday. Konami has insisted it's taking feedback from eFootball players very seriously, ahead of a major, major update that is aiming to deal with much of the criticism aimed at the launch game. Version 1.0.0 will release on April the 14th, 2022, and will be considered the first main release of the Pro Evolution Soccer successor with new features, balance updates and bug fixes. The first version of eFootball was released in September 2021 to widespread criticism. The Football Simulator, which was widely panned for its poor gameplay and comical graphics, was named the worst reviewed game of 2021 by Metacritic. In a statement issued to VGC, Konami said it believed the criticism was caused by several factors, including its move to a new engine and platforms. It's hard to point to one deciding aspect, a spokesperson said. The incompletion of the game came as a result of multiple factors, including the transition to a new football and game engine, the support of next-generation consoles such as PS5 and Xbox Series XS, the change of playstyle to free-to-play, and furthermore, we tried to deliver new eFootball 2022 for players as soon as possible. Resultantly... The game received harsh feedback about the quality. Since eFootball's launch back in September, however, we have prioritised improvements and corrections based on the feedback and opinions we received. The spokesperson added, We're taking the opinions of our players very seriously. Since the release last September, we have prioritised improvements and corrections based on feedback and opinions we received. We will continue to work on the game's improvement and, as always, the players' valued feedback is much appreciated. Asked if the game's development team felt that the game was really ready back in September, the Konami spokesperson said the company had a strong desire to release the game as soon as possible. (laughs) As answered in the previous question, we didn't have any plans to postpone the release because we ultimately had a strong desire to deliver the eFootball game 2022 to users as soon as possible. Normally, we would would release a game in the autumn, parallel with the start of the European football season. We apologise to all players who have been waiting for the release. (laughs) So then, Steve, it's out next week. Do we think it's going to go well? (laughs) We just have a strong desire to get out there as soon as we can. And actually, if you read the reviews, Steve, uh, we think that it's not about the fact the game was bad. It was because we prioritised a new engine. That's what it was. That's what they all said. This game would be really good apart from the fact it's in a new engine. Yeah. I love the fact that they're calling this version 1.0. Point oh. Point oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you really want to emphasise this is a fresh start, and this really is the start of something new. We've got to version <laughs> one. It's not just 1.0. It, it's so clean, it's point oh as well. Did it? You, you also read out a quote around about them uh, saying it was it's going to be considered the, you know, the first version of the game. Who's going to consider it the first version of the game? Well... Presumably not the people that are naming the file names, because otherwise it would just be one. It would just be version one. <laughs> it would. But they've. <laughs> no, we will definitely consider this version one point oh point oh point a underscore final <laughs> really really final. It's definitely the final one. They said. Yeah, the uh, the. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um... So their model was uh, you can play this for free. Uh, is that still the case with version one point oh point oh? One assumes point so. 0.0, yeah, exactly. Yeah, underscore free. Yeah, so uh, there's nothing stopping you or I trying this, right? That's true, apart from desire <laughs> to try this. <laughs> but we, we should, we're journalists. 
We should we should try it. We should have a game. Should we? I think we should. I did think about... Um, uh, I had... Uh, so one of my daughter's uh, NCT uh, group... Sorry, my NCT group, not my daughter's NCT group. Uh, some friends around earlier. And um, the dad came around and he played FIFA. And I thought about challenging him to a game. Mm. Um, but ultimately I couldn't but be bothered. But the to thing is, you, you can't do that. You can't challenge people to a game of FIFA anymore. It's not a social game. It's not what it used to be, right? When it was a two-button game and Frank would come around and you can sort of play a game of football and everyone gets how it works. Now, if you play someone who has who plays FIFA, you will lose, right? Unless you also play with a capital P, FIFA. But that won't be the case with eFootball because no one's played it. I mean, almost literally no one's played it. So maybe that makes it a better social game. Maybe, yeah, and um, also, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure um, whether uh, playing uh, this chap who came around earlier would have been the right thing to do because um, uh, he came over and uh, we, we we had some breakfast and that was fine and I brought him up to the shed mm-hmm. and um, we had a quick game of Street Fighter which I won <laughs> um, and then um, we went back to the shed and he played uh, on some VR which he'd never played before. Uh, so he was excited about that. And then he, then he said, oh, have you ever been on any podcasts? What? <laughs> I said, get the, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Did you not see the professional microphone that's in the shed? Have you not been listening to my radio show? Um, it's a difficult uh, a question to respond to, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, it's like, well... Actually, I've had a radio show for the last hundred years. Mm. Um, I said, no, I do it now and again, I said. Do you ever do that thing where you tell a story that you've already told on the radio show just to find out (laughs) if someone really does listen or not? I don't, but I will do. I do it all the time and no one has ever said... No one has ever said the words I crave to hear. Oh, yeah, you said this on the radio show. No one. Oh. Zero people. All right, uh, time for a new story from me. Um, this is from eurogamer.net.com.au, uh, written by <laughs> Vicky Blake. Uh, Sonic, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has had the best opening weekend of any video game movie ever. Uh, the subheader says the blue blur is on course to top 54.4 million pounds during its opening weekend. According to Link to Comic Book, the sequel has clocked up an impressive $71 million since its premiere on Friday. For context, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie grossed $58 million uh, on its opening weekend. So even more than that. Interestingly... This makes it Jim Carrey's biggest domestic opener ever, eclipsing 2003 Bruce Almighty, which grossed 68 million during its opening weekend. Um, brief description Sonic the Hedgehog 2 sees the return of Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik and Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog. Elba's Knuckles. Is it Idris Elba playing Knuckles? I believe so. Is that what's happening? Uh, Idris Elba's Knuckles isn't the only fan favourite character taking centre stage this time around either with Miles Tails Prower played by Colleen O'Shaughnessy also getting more screen time following his brief appearance at the end of the first film. Simon have you seen the first film? 
I have seen the first film. I think for, um, because of um, the ty- the date it was released, it was released just before lockdown, wasn't it? Mm. So uh, there was this anomaly with the first film where it was the highest grossing film of that year <laughs> yeah. or something like that because it came out in February or something. Uh, yeah, it was it was reasonably enjoyable, I think. Well, I watched it on the grounds that I was flicking through, I assume, Netflix or something like that. Uh, and my partner went, surprisingly, said, I'd watch that. You know, it's probably stupid. It's probably, you know, I'd watch that. So one night I put it on. And you know what happened, Simon? She walked out immediately of the room um, to a different part of my very small uh, apartment, <laughs> leaving me to watch it on my own. And like you, I thought it was fine it went through a series of movie a series of scenes that could have been taken from any movie um followed a template had a few brief lols some shout outs to people who know video games my favorite part was definitely the credits at the end uh, which sort of went through the whole plot of the movie but in sonic the hedgehog mega drive yeah uh, style i thought that was excellent uh, and yeah, um, Jim Carrey sort of did a Jim Carrey-like by-the-numbers performance as Robotnik. So I guess I'll probably watch this in similar circumstances. I think that's what they would have wanted. When they were making the film, uh, they were like, these would be perfect conditions. Um, you know, sure, the darkness of a, of a cinema, the collective... Uh, enthusiasm of a crowd that's one thing but actually the best way to watch this is on Netflix when (laughs) your partner's sort of stepping out yeah almost certainly or uh, it did strike me very much as a plain movie the sort that I put on and kind of nod off all the way through on the way to San Francisco Uh, but unfortunately I'd already seen it so uh, my GDC flight uh, did not uh, contain that instead I watched the uh, M. Night movie old over someone else's shoulder Okay. Never gets old, does it? Uh, Right. uh... So a new story from you, Simon. Yes. Now, um, I did like the fact we were chatting a little bit more about your story because it turns out the tab I've got open is um, the byproduct of the news story, which I appear to have closed down. So um, any amount. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm just pretending that I'm not filling at the moment, Steve, but it turns out uh, I can't continue to do that for as long as I need to um, in order to find the story. Instead, what I have is the tab open, uh, but not the story. Um, The story, as I recall, Steve, was about uh, Twitter's um, uh, quarter one 2022 update where it revealed the most tweeted about games globally and... Um, uh, there was a tweet given by their their head of games, presumably, uh, where he does an infographic. So there's very little context or what have you. Anyway, out of these 10 games, I genuinely am going to give you £10 for every game over three you can name out of 10. All right. So if you get four, that's £10. If you get five, that's £20. All right. So out of the most tweeted about games globally, Steve, what are they? Okay. Elden Ring. That's one. That hasn't got you any money because that's <laughs> well within the, the the one to three range. Okay. Nine to go. Have you thought about hosting a quiz, Simon? You're pretty good at this. I've, I've thought about how much money I'm going to give you and I'm quite confident <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> 
because I don't. I think you'll get three and no more. Really? Okay, so yep. I'm going to go for. Um, okay. Um, cyberpunk. Oh, really? Was that last year? It was uh okay. Um Breath of the Wild because of the uh, uh, Really? I could have yeah, I actually now I'm regretting it thinking that you might even get three. Oh okay. I mean Kirby? And this, I mean, so what surprised me about this story was that there's a whole world out there, Steve, that's not us, because I was surprised about almost all of these. Okay, so, oh, if, so if you're talking about games that people go on about that I don't think about at all, FIFA would be one. Um, okay. In fact, I think you, this is so bad for you, Steve, you might owe me money, and that's part, <laughs> part of the original rules. Um, okay, I, I mean... Does Roblox count as a game? No, no one on Twitter is talking about Roblox. It does count as a game, but it isn't. It isn't no. one of the most tweeted about globally. No, okay. I'm going to put you out of your minute. I'm going to put you out of your. Shall I? You've still got opportunity to earn to earn ten pounds. Really? Uh, I don't know. Go on then. Tell me. Well, the ones you should have got, Steve, yeah. would have been Minecraft. All the children are tweeting about. But that's Minecraft the thing. Still. Like, I don't get that. Like, I, I don't understand. For a start, Twitter is for old people. Like no, like kids are not on Twitter. Yeah, yep. you know. So well, who's tweeting about Minecraft? Okay, go on. Don't know. Uh, the other one uh, you would recognise would be Final Fantasy, and then right. the one that you okay, might fine. go, oh, okay, maybe is Apex Legends. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. That. Uh, so they were number uh, four is Apex Legends, five is Final Fantasy, seven is Elden Ring, and just in at number ten is Minecraft. So the other ones then, so the top most tweeted about game globally. Uh, I'll say it and you'll go, of course. Uh, Genshin Impact. Uh, yeah, the thing exactly. is, so, so what period is this over? Like when... The first three months this year. That's crazy. Really? Is I would it, never it, have oh, actually, uh, uh Yeah, so it is Q1 2020... Uh, yes, Q1 2022. That's, Gaming Insights. Yep. Wow. Okay. okay, number two, I'm going to say, and you'll go, of course, and actually you're going to be annoyed you didn't get this. Um, because it is a game, um, and of course it's going to be the one that's most tweeted about globally, is... Come on, Steve. Well, it's a game. It's a game. And the, the people have been tweeting about is. it, and they tweet about it, and I get annoyed when they tweet about it, because I don't oh, care. Oh, of course. Right, fine. Wordle. Yep, yeah, it is fine. Wordle. Yes. Num- so number three is a game I've never heard of. Ensemble underscore stars. What? Don't know what... Don't know what that is. Uh, number six, and then you got Apex Legends, and you got Final Fantasy. Number six, pi- I could hear you tapping. There. Yeah, that's no, how, I'm. Uh, cu- that's how curious you are. Okay, uh, so it's an idle training mobile mobile game, as in I D O L, not an idle uh, game, but it's like a uh, a pop star game. Top well, Link. Um, is there an English version of an Ensemble Stars? Uh, um, so yeah, there is. Okay, um, number six then. And actually, um, if you are going to Google this one, I might recommend you open an incognito tab. <laughs> uh, would be um, PJ underscore Sekai S E K A I. I don't okay. know what that's about. I'm going to I do don't it. know if I should be. I don't know if I should be reading out on the on the radio. <laughs> okay, PJ. Is it? I mean, it looks sexy. PJ. 
Um, it is. is it? How many P- Project Sekai projects? So PJ stands for project. Has right. twenty six characters. Um, it's like not, the alphabet. <laughs> it's not. It's not clear to me on what sort of. Okay, so one of the top hits is Project Sekai characters height. Okay. That sounds like the sort of question that that, that one should that a normal person yeah. shouldn't be typing into. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll image search it. Okay, uh, number eight um, is at FGO project fate grand order uh, fate grand order. Don't know what no that idea. is. Number nine is at game underscore knives underscore out. Don't know what that is. What? I know we are blinkeredsty, aren't we? We're not following the cool guys. Like, if our circle isn't talking about these games, how can we claim to know what we're talking about? All right. So here is my assumption: all of those games that we have not uh, heard of are mobile games whose dominance comes from a uh, non-Western market and from good social media hooks inside the mobile game. So presumably they certainly allow it very easily to use to tweet about um, the game and possibly benefit you for doing that as well, compel you to do it with um, some kind of rewards for social media spreading uh, of that. So what I'm doing, Simon, is forgiving us because this doesn't seem to be our fault that we have... It can't be our fault. We are, A, not in the oh, right location. Well, I'll get to that, oh, down the alphabet. Okay. B, not in the right demographic. C, victims here of some clever marketing campaigns that I'm assuming exist. And D, old. Don't think it's our fault. <laughs> Good. Okay, Um, I have a news story. And this is... A thing that I learned just before we went on air today that annoyed me. Um, <laughs> what sequel, Simon, is officially on the way? It's my least favourite game, and it's the fourth one in that series. I realise that silence isn't helpful here, given that we're struggling with the internet <laughs> connection. You don't know whether I've heard no, you or not. I was <laughs> Which is um, what do you hate? It's a hate. series. It's a series that if I um, am ever so, in, there have been three. There have been three and various awesome. spin-offs, but three games in the main. Oh, line. I know. I've got this, Steve. You hate Pluto fly, <laughs> fighting with cra- cloud strife, don't you? I do. You hate that. That's your worst scenario. It's my worst scenario. Well, is... You've told me this before because it's just not realistic, you said. <laughs> Pluto would never fight cloud. He's a lovable character. Exactly. Uh, I hate the idea of Donald Duck having real emotions. And, <laughs> and worse, I hate the idea of the internet getting sad over Donald Duck making a sad speech. I cannot stand uh, Kingdom Hearts. And so it is with great delight that I announce... Uh, by reading out the words of Vicky Blake, contributor to Eurogamer, uh, that Square Enix has confirmed that Kingdom Hearts 4 is officially on the way. In the final video released as part of the series' 20th anniversary celebrations, dubbed a complication of all trailers revealed during today's event. Really? Does that, does, do you think she means complication? 
multiplication. Is that a joke versus compilation? I don't know. We unexpectedly catch sight of Sora and the statement, and here we go, Simon. Go the on. heart resides within the soul, which in turn Ooh. is guided by fate to its rightful yes. place. Now, oh. that is a meaningful and well-composed statement, but imagine that in Donald Duck's voice. And then then you have the essence of Kingdom Hearts and everybody who loves it. I cannot stand that franchise, Simon. No, I um, am ambivalent, but I share your disgust um, uh, because, yeah, this idea about bringing Disney characters into uh, the Final Fantasy um, and other JRPG world just seems absurd. Unless they have the moment like you get in Final Fantasy VII, where they kill one of them off. <laughs> Who would that be for you, Steve? Who would you like to go? Which Disney character? Yep. Ooh, good question. Um, well, of course, first, Simon, I would select all of the problematic Disney characters uh, that Disney seem to have no problem putting on the uh, Disney streaming service as long as... The movies are preceded with a warning saying this was bad back then. Enjoy the <laughs> enjoy the film. So first, I, you know, get rid of all of them, and then who? Um, I am really not a fan of uh, Robin Hood, Fox in Robin Hood. Okay, very cocky, very laid back, um, and you know, Simon. Not nearly as dishy as the internet thinks he is. I'm not envious. I'm not jealous. I, I think it's fine for people to fancy that fox, but I don't get it. And if I had my way, uh, he'd be murdered by um, uh, Sephiroth. <laughs> exactly. What, um, what parts of the internet do you need to go to where they discuss how attractive <laughs> Disney's Robin Hood animal is? Just asking out of interest, aren't you? <laughs> just, just curious. Are you? Don't want to be... I've never seen anybody express an opinion on um, his uh, his visual well, um, appeal. Um, well, yeah, and I'd imagine that you'd have to work quite hard to find those sorts of communities, would you? Simon, what you need to do is live a little and turn Safe Search off. Okay, that's what I would recommend uh, to you. What? Why? Which? Uh, which character would you like to see the end of? Uh, courtesy of of Cloud and his allies. Well, we are watching a lot of Disney at the moment, obviously. Um, and the thing I'm finding about it is how... Uh, so my daughter loves Frozen. Who doesn't? Um, but uh, Disney never shies away from having different versions of the same character in order uh, to sell you a different doll or a different model or what have you. And I, I honestly, I'm so impressed at how my daughter knows uh, what song... Elsa is singing by the costume that she's got on. <laughs> um, and so I'll sort of make a, so I might pick a doll up and, and uh, my, obviously my favorite song from out of the, the frozen universe is show yourself. It's by far the greatest number in that uh, series. Uh, but, I, but, but she'll say no, no dad, she can't sing show yourself because she's wearing her, her let it go dress. <laughs> so maybe I would kill all the other Elsa's so that we could only have show yourself. Perfect. Um, available to sing. Perfect. All right. One more news story from you. 
I've got a few actually, Steve, but let's uh, let's do this. Well, no, 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 uh, let's not. Uh, Let's stick with this one. Um, It's, I mean, what's the definition of news? It's something that you didn't know. Is it something that's new to you? Um, Yeah. So, you know, is this class as news, Steve? I'm not just, I'm not so sure. You tell me. Uh, it comes from videogameschronicles.com. Chris Scullion wrote it uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, and maybe this exact uh, piece of information is news, but actually the fact uh, its origin shouldn't be. GameStop customers have been reporting that their pre-orders for Intellivision's Amico console have been cancelled. A number of Twitter users have been posting screenshots of emails they've been receiving from GameStop, which claim Intellivision has asked it to cancel all pre-orders. Dear customer name it has in square brackets the email reads due to vendor cancellation we will be unable to fulfill your order number brackets number we will be cancelling your order and you will not be charged members of the private intellivision amico amico club have also reported that they too have had their orders cancelled just got a call today 47 from gamestop said one user they are refunding deposits on the amico take that for what it's worth another transcribed a voicemail they received which said just calling regarding your reservation for an intellivision amico galaxy purple gamestop exclusive i wanted to let you know that gamestop has just alerted us that they will no longer be releasing the project and it's been completely cancelled it's not clear clear whether intellivision has cancelled all amical auto orders or those just through GameStop. Doubt was cast over the console's release last month after the company cut a new investment campaign short with just five, uh, sorry, 58,000 of its $5 million target raise. At the time, tech journalist Sam Makinikovic tweeted that he believed the early closure was about as bright and as red a flag as it gets in the world of unreleased tech hardware. My guesses are that Intellivision released investment momentum. So I realised investment momentum had frozen and that they got if they got the money sooner, if they concluded ASAP. And that spending this money is the last step before bankruptcy filing, he said. So, Steve, it looks like surprise surprise the um intellivision amico uh has hit problems and may not be arriving um in the time well certainly not the time frame (laughs) that they originally described but uh also in the form that they promised which how surprised are we about this i mean i am not surprised at all however you are the one who has a penchant for ordering hardware uh and then putting it on ebay quite quickly uh did you get around to to even going through the pre pre order part of the Amico site? Even even I uh, could see that this was a bit ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, in similar ways as we've seen with uh, the rebirth of Atari and the way that that's popped up and down in different guises, and no one's quite sure who does what. Mm. I mean, I think in television, certainly people of our age, people that don't know. You know, eight out of the most tweeted about games of the, of the, of the <laughs> most recent three months. Uh, you know, I've got a fondness for in television. I remember uh, being uh, playing it, playing the console, a strange console with a strange controller when I was younger, and that certainly set me on the path to uh, being a, a games and uh, games enthusiast. But uh, yeah, just all these all these people that had nothing to do with it originally suddenly bringing it back on a form. 
that seemed unbelievable that, that even I didn't or pre-order it uh, comes as no surprise. So um, I've seen subsequent stories where they've uh, they've sort of rolled back on this a little bit and just said, oh, you know, those that ordered it originally at this price will get what they paid for, but new orders, we're going to now charge them more. And you think this is, mm. I, I don't know why anybody expends any time, effort uh, discussing this, apart from us, Steve. The, um, the premise of it, which is, you know, we are going to make a, a Wii, but for now, I thought was pretty decent, except for the absolute horror of trying to create a new console format right now uh, and go up against everybody else. Uh, it seems very, very unlikely you'd ever get something like that to succeed. But all of this has reminded me, um, what's the name of that little handheld with the crank? The play date. The play date. What's going on with that? I haven't heard anything about that for ages. I don't know. No. Because uh, you are right. That's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Because um, I remember when that was first announced, it was me, you, and Anne in the Resonance Studio getting excited about it and talking about right. ordering it in triplicate. And that dates it, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Um, and I haven't heard. Whatever, whatever happened to her? <laughs> She owes us another feature. Um, uh, she had her own play date, and that was the problem, wasn't it? <laughs> Very good. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to find out what happened to the play date. Uh, I'm definitely sure it exists, because I remember about six months ago some news about it, but I'm not sure if anyone has one yet. I'm going to find out about that for next week. Uh, but in the meantime, that's all the news, isn't it? Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Simon. One life left, video game news with Anne Scantleberry. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is One Life Left. We are the world's oldest video game <laughs> radio show and the world's oldest presenters as well. We? Certainly feels like it on a day like today where, again, we're struggling with technology, aren't we, Simon? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been quite so bad, uh, I feel. Um, yeah, I, had we not mentioned it, I don't think anybody would have noticed. Mm, we'll find out, won't we? When we put this, when we stitch the show together at the end and find out we've been answering completely the wrong questions from each other. Um, but then maybe that's just what people have come to expect. If you want to know more about the show, you can find out on our show notes. Uh, those are at the website address, which is www.onelifeleft.com. There you'll find the name of the pieces of music that we've uh, chosen for the show, or piece of music because recently we've been running quite close to the wire and only got one track in there uh you'll also be able to find a link to the discord 
Uh, all of that kindly written by our under-caretaker, Phil. And let's not forget, of course, if you're a podcast listener, that you won't be enjoying any music. You'll have listened to the lovely adverts that in January netted Steve and I £12. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Twelve pounds. Twelve pounds. Amazing. Fantastic. I know. Good. Well, what are we going to spend it on, Simon? Well, maybe Steve, we could spend it on a ticket to next year's BAFTA Video Games Awards. I saw that was happening. I saw. Uh, I saw the big winner of the night uh, was some of our Finnish friends, wasn't it? Oh, it was I. So I watched it on the uh, on on my television uh, via YouTube um, on Thursday night, and yeah, it was lovely to see um, Ilari uh, doing so well. Um, I was pleased to see, um, yes, uh, his, his his. Well, it looked like uh, that they hadn't won many of the awards that they'd been up to for previously, but then they got the bigger awards and that was great they were certainly chuffed um it was good to see the unpacking developers up there um clearly enjoying themselves it was good to see inscription win despite the fact that should have won everything because that was clearly the best game of recent times um yeah it was good uh hold on hold on hold on hold on on. Mm. you haven't talked about inscription on the show before this is news to me that you like inscription i know everyone likes inscription but that usually means that you don't like that it. I don't know. Mm. Oh, Steve, I'm, I'm going to check that you follow me on Twitter because I have said several times that Inscription was the best game of last year. And I said that months, I said that before, I said that, I said that when that was last year. <laughs> um, and, and actually I was, I was very pleased. I was at the IGF Awards and I was really pleased to see it win so much. Oh, it was the best game. I, um, I was on the audio panel for the IGFs and um, it was, I mean, again, so I, I think Inscription's f- phenomenal, but judging it from an audio point of view, when you've got all of these composers, um, sound effects, artists, whatever you like, clearly like making this body of work, which is, um, you know, which is broad and they might be writing tunes or voice that's, that's catchy and memorable and all that. Whereas, um, the audio in inscription is the equivalent, I think, of video games brown noise, where it's just constantly uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but 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 for that reason, brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think inscription's amazing. Okay, fantastic. Well, I have not played it yet, but I've added it to my to my list. I think and... you'll find, Steve, it got seven out of ten on One Life Left back in the day. Really? It did. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Maybe the internet was so bad I didn't hear. Um, Talking of which, shall we try and muddle through the letters section? Let's do the letters. Okay, as is uh, typical these days, I will head to the Discord and read out the letters from our mailbag there. And if you can handle anything that's come into the inbox, uh, that would be appreciated. Chris Conroy wrote, subject line now played that. Dear team and SSG, he puts in brackets, it's not the hope that kills you, it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. He's quite right. So after the Rona hiatus, we finally made it back to the in-person edition of Now Play This, a festival of experimental game design. And boy, oh boy, 
was it worth the wait? With so many engaging and thought-provoking games and experiences and the company of a couple of children who were that more more curious, so that much more curious and challenging of what was being put in front of them, the afternoon flew by. We've been talking about what we've enjoyed since, and I know we'll carry on enjoying about it for a long time to come. Everything was excellent, of course, but a few things stood out for us as a group. Ling Tang's giant pong pushed at the boundaries of what was considered fair with every rule modifier, cheered on by the audience. Chorus effects showcased some impressive AI to join in with the participants' narration of a body of text with the accredited recordings of previous participants. Ross Atkin was generous with his time and praise for our wonky contribution to the shared cardboard environment that he was developing to navigate little robots around them and mechbirds. Co-op survival game Poor Parlours saw our trusty band of sailors work together to navigate the perils of the open sea. All cheers and celebrations as we neared port, only for my character to be thrown overboard by a majority vote at the last minute. We all learnt a lot about democracy in that one. We attended on Friday and with many of the installations and experiences growing through attendees' contributions over the weekend, we would have liked to have seen how they'd evolved by the end of the festival, which in a very roundabout way prompts the question, what games have shaped the m- have been shaped the most by their player communities? Not ones based on user-generated content, mind. No easy outs on this one. Your cardboard crafting correspondent, Chris Conroy. That's a good question, isn't it, Chris? Uh, now play this. Uh, sound sounds amazing. Uh, I haven't been this year. Did you go? I didn't, sadly, no. And um, reading that letter back made me really annoyed with myself. Same. Um, one of the things that uh, Chris didn't mention there was uh, Downpour. Have you seen that? I've not, no. Uh, the game engine made by friend of the show, V21, uh, which allows people to very, very quickly make little games, uh, almost choose-your-own-adventure narrative type things by taking photos of objects and connecting them uh kind of small flick book type experiences and people were doing that on at now plus and then they were being published on the site straight away uh and if you're listening to this you can find them uh on the internet somewhere on the internet where there's loads of things to look at sorry i had seen that i didn't realize that was what it was called yes. I, but, I, but i had seen that that was uh they were showing that with the picture of the cat weren't they uh that's right yes um yeah so that's super super cool but to answer chris's question the games that have been shaped by the community uh the most except we have to exclude dlc uh sorry ugc you do I thought you were going to answer that then. No, I was very happy. no, because what I was going to do was I was going to... So I thought I played that quite well, or at least cleverly. Uh, not well for you, but for me, because what I did was take a different part of the letter, talk about that, and then that gave me space to reiterate his perfect. question, turn it around to Absolutely you. Absolutely perfect, Steve. But like what you didn't realise, what you didn't realise is that I was going to acknowledge that and back that back <laughs> We've been doing this for too long, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, so, what have you got on the Discord, Steve? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you're on our Discord and you've got any answers to Chris's excellent question, there, we're far too stupid Very to answer. Good. Uh, why not um, contribute? You know, in many ways, this is like Zoo Radio, the modern day equivalent of Zoo Radio. I've got a letter here uh, that we didn't read out last week, and we got castigated okay. on the Discord for doing that by. Um, our caretaker, not our under-caretaker, but our caretaker, uh, 
Uppy17, Ben. Hello team, and definitely not plus a super special guest. This week, so about four weeks ago when you eventually get to read this on our, I took my Joy-Con apart so that, that I could replace its drifting joystick. After a 10 minute period where I thought I'd broken the whole thing, it's now up and running successfully. What's the riskiest thing you've done to some video game hardware apart from throwing it in a canal? Cheerio, Ben. Very good questions, Ben. I can. I've got answers for these, Steve. Um, and then I'll throw to you. Um, I've replaced the plastic latches on the sides of Joy-Con before with metal ones. You're welcome. I uh, that was very successful, but absolutely terrifying. Um, I have. I once attempted to um, solder a backlight into a Game Boy Advance. Um, it was the first time I'd ever soldered anything, and it didn't go well. Um, what annoyed me about that was that the subsequent iterations of the Game Boy Advance came with a backlight. So in some way, I feel that was like N- Nintendo saying, Simon shouldn't need to go through... Th- we shouldn't need Simon to try brand new skills on some £100 hardware that he's just got. We should just do that for him. Uh, those are the two I've done. What about you, Steve? I once tried to solder a mod chip to a PlayStation to allow me to play import games and uh, held the soldering iron. To, 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 it was very, very, you know, careful about this. Uh, took the soldering iron, took the chip, placed the soldering iron near the um, circuit board, immediately melted all of the tracks on the circuit board. Congratulations. And that was that. It's... It's it's so, you know, having learned that I can't solder. Mm, um, same. When I got my Xbox chipped, I had to drive it to. Um, and I'm I'm surely misremembering this. I had to drive my Xbox to a tower block in Acton to get a map. I dropped it off for half an hour, um, and had to drive around the block while something was done to it. <laughs> Up and I could play, I could play import games and put karaoke software on it. Amazing. Um, I also thought about doing the same with my beloved Game Boy, um, and uh, it's got this beautiful, uh, like classic Game Boy, a black classic Game Boy, and thought maybe it's time, maybe I can fit a decent screen to this, a backlight and a switch uh, at the top to switch the backlight on and off. And read the guide and then immediately took, well, not the route of driving to Acton, but the route of sending off to a human who could do this stuff for me. And it came back mm. perfectly uh, done. I also once tried to fix a mobile phone um, that where I'd smashed the screen and uh, <laughs> basically went through a similar process where I took it apart very, very carefully, uh, tore one of the pieces and then swept everything into a bin and ordered a new phone. excellent that's the process um talking of new phones i've got a new phone this week a pixel 6 uh and it doesn't um it's too heavy and too big and doesn't turn on as quickly as my pixel 3a 7 out of 10 um and and that was me filling because i'm trying to get it to turn on so i could read out the final letter uh, which is from weasel spoon Hello team, hello SSG. I was at an evening of unnecessary detail at the Bloomsbury Theatre this week. He does a lot, doesn't he, Weasel Spoon? He does do a lot. Does he make you feel bad about your own activity? I just think he's got... 
there, there, there must be more of more than one of him. Mm. There, there must be more of him than than one. He's just got more time, hasn't he? He's just got more. And the only way he could do that is by having several versions of him. Anyway, Matt Parker mentioned the Civilization Nuclear Gandhi meme before doubting its veracity. I was so sure that I'd seen Sid Meier confirming this glitch, so I dug out his classic game post-mortem talk from GDC. How does he have time to do any of this? He does mention it's it, unbelievable. but only as a meme, and now I'm very confused. I'm sure this is the Mandela effect. I'd even invented details like aggression level being from 0 to 7, not 0 to 255, as often suggested. Aren't brains amazing? What games have you got strong memories of that turn out to be fabricated? Pip Pip Roberts. Do you think when he signs off with a pip pip, he knows that he's going to stump us? <laughs> like, and, and, and that those pips are sort of quite, uh, yeah, just quite deliberate and I don't know, maybe melodic, pip, pip. <laughs> like no, knowing that he's got us. Um, I, 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 I'm going to choose to come back to this. Pip, pip. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to pip pip that to Steve. Okay. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, my answer again in uh, in traditional uh, Stee style is to is to say, well, Robert, it's an interesting question, but how <laughs> how would I know that my memories are false? Because at this point, I just assume everything that I remember about video games is true, um, and I've never once had that disproven. But maybe Simon will have a better answer. Pip pip. I will do, Robert. Thanks. Great question. And I'm going to come back to it in the next section. Okay, fine. Uh, that is the end of our letters section. If you've got anything you would write, uh, like to write to us at One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or leaving a note on the Discord. We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is typically the part of the show where I throw Simon Barron's Fast Five, but he's already preempted that by saying that he's got something else he wants to raise in the next section, uh, which is the reviews, and we're already running out of time for that. So I suppose we should get on with it. Is that all it takes, Steve, for me to sidestep this? <laughs> that stupid fe- feature you do is to pretend I've got something else to talk about. Really? Okay. No, I do. I do. I know I do. I do. I do. You stand down. <laughs> this is the reviews. All right, Simon, what have you been playing this week? Because we've already established I've played 20 minutes of, tu- of a tutorial. Well, Steve, I, uh, this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, took delivery, finally, of the Amiga 500 Mini. Um, which was the delayed um, issue of the compact version of the machine I believe I owe almost everything to. If it wasn't for the Amiga, I don't think you and I would be here now. I don't think our listeners would be listening to us now. I think it would be a very, very, very different life for me. I'm not sure whether you or the listeners are grateful for that, but I certainly am. Um, it was the machine, you know, uh, yes, I, so I started off with a, uh, a ZX81, I had a Dragon 32, I had a Commodore 64, I had a Spectrum, but it was the Amiga that sort of really got me into the community of video games. I used to hang out down the, uh, whatever the computer shop was called in Bournemouth, um, and meet 
other like-minded individuals, um, you know, and just share floppies, Steve. That's what it was like back in the 80s, man. We just share floppies. And by share floppies, I mean pirate video games. Um, and uh, that's what got me into... Yeah, so I, uh, I got into the, uh, in, into the scene like that. And so um, I was really, really looking forward to... Um, playing some of these games again you know i've got such fond memories of the music of the graphics of some of the games etc so uh yeah and a bit of a long time coming um and so uh kate was away this weekend so i went uh, I, it was delivered on the friday i wasn't around uh, so i had to pick it up from post office yesterday uh, and i got it home and i had maybe half an hour uh, where um i was looking over after my daughter but i was desperate i've waited so long to play i just wanted to sort of stick it in so i said to ramona i was like hey let me show you the games that i used to play when i was a child now in her mind me being a child is me being her age which i wasn't i was a teenager when the amiga came out not four like she is uh, but we plugged it in and i said oh let's look at this now uh the console itself looks super super cute obviously like uh you used to shrink a chris chris packet in the grill uh, so to see a small amiga was lovely keyboard doesn't uh, move which is a shame but that's fine you plug it in uh they packaged it with a gamepad which none of us played with at the time uh we all had joysticks competition pros or bugs or what have you and uh, this looks like a almost like a cd32 game pad game pad and that's what I had to uh, play these games with. And so I haven't had a chance to add any additional games to it yet, but I played Zool, uh, which was the first game I ever reviewed on the one. I gave it 87%. Um, and I remember in my mind it being, oh, console style graphics on the Amiga. This was Gremlin Graphics's take on Mario uh, and Sonic. Sorry, uh, Sonic more to the point. Um and yeah, crikey, it looks ugly these days. And <laughs> I, I couldn't get up the first platform. Mm. I don't know whether that's because of the gamepad or what, anything like that. I, don't know, I, I, I have looked at YouTube videos of it subsequently going, how do you get over that first bit? Because I certainly did in order to give it 87% Steve. I wasn't that, I, you know, I did take my job seriously. Oh my goodness, this um, is like that chap and cuphead all over again, isn't it? Right. Um... And so, yeah, so we, uh, so I moved away from that. I played Project X, um, the Team 17 um, shoot 'em up. Uh, quite hard, quite glitchy, doesn't look doesn't look nice, but the music's good. Um, I played Supercars 2, which I remember to be an incredibly slick top-down racer in the vein of um, Micro Machines. I remember or, that. It's got, it's got weapons, hasn't it, as well? It does have yeah. weapons. Why are you firing missiles? Uh, is what my daughter would ask me. And it just... I mean, I don't know. It must be running at like 15, 20 frames a second. It was just really quite hard. Don't know if it's just the gamepad or anything like that. Um, I played a couple of other ones. Anyway, I was skipping through them, and that's not the best way to do this sort of thing. But none of them looked as nice as I remembered. Um, and so when I got back up to the shed, actually, uh, prior to the um, call, I did uh, crack open the Bitmap Books um, Commodore... Amiga, a visual compendium. Um, and yeah, I, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to try all of these games out again um, because they look nice in book form. But I have to say, my brief experience with the Commodore Amiga Mini was a sort of wish I hadn't played these games again. Never go back. Never go back. 
Mm. Seven out of ten. Cool. Oh, we're really up against it this time. Simon, I wanted to raise one thing that you just brought up in that review. Uh, okay. Just then. Um, grilling crisp packets, what? What? Did you never do that? No, I, I mean, I swear, like, this is the sort of thing that, um, that Weasel Spoon was alluding to in his letter about, like, something you swore was real, uh, but can't have been. I've been going on about it for ages that I thought there was something about shrinking Monster Munch packets down. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. This is real. It is real, Steve. Uh, what happened? How did you do it? What was... Because I never did it, like, but you obviously know something I don't. Yeah. Uh, the old plastic um, crisp packets, you put them under the grill, they shrunk. What? And became those... Which they now sell... In America, as um, miniature brands that you can buy. But, I mean, I don't believe that they grill them all. But, yeah, having things that aren't small, small, all of a sudden, apparently, is quite appealing. This is finally, like, the payoff for us being old. Like, it's all come together in this show at this point. Uh, Everything makes sense now. Well, I'm pleased I was here to witness it. Great. Um, seven, out, seven, seven out of ten. ten. Right, that uh, has to be the end of our show. Thank you so much, uh, Simon. It's been nice to partially hear you uh, throughout the episode today. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody at Resonance uh, for once again allowing us to broadcast on your brilliant radio station. And thank you to everybody for listening. Until next time, we've been One Life Left. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>